Ladies and gents, welcome to what has been a long time coming. Was something that's very near and dear to my heart. It's our good old pal in Hell's Kitchen, Daredevil, Season 3. And I'm doing things slightly differently. Well, yeah, I'm going to do them differently for this uh, season. I'm bringing on no more than two people. But right now, I'm only doing one. I want to make it a little more intimate. So I put a call out, and I got some takers. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to do one person. So I took one-fifth of the Broken Boys, Jason Johnson. Hey, Mose, How's it going, man? It is going well. It's time for a resurrection, I think. So we're going to cover Season 3, Episode 1 only. Now, most of the rewinds that have been done on Netflix, I'm guilty of it. Maybe I'm even the one who invented it. Uh, We're doing three episodes in one. And that's okay, but let's just start from the beginning doing one-on-one with one person and seeing what happens. If we like it, if I like it, if the listeners like it, we'll keep doing it. If they don't like it, it doesn't matter. I'm going to still do it. So. Um, that's just how Wait, I feel. Does that mean you're, does that mean you're going to be up to eight people by episode eight? Um, just maybe checking. if I could, <laughs> but I think that would just be chaos. And we, gotcha. you got to remember, let's just say it right now, in my belief anyway, Daredevil is really the crown jewel of the MCU on TV. I mean, it really set the standard. It was the first. Others have been around, and I think you and I will probably talk about this, some of those series have been canceled. They're all gone. Kaput. At least for now. We'll speculate later. So let's get started. Yeah. Cool thing. Let's do it. Jason, what's your... Coming into Daredevil, I mean, it's, it's been many years, but what's been your, like, you know history of daredevil so that's that's kind of funny because you have to take into account where i grew up i grew up in a very rural area and so my access to comic books was sporadic is probably being nice um i buy what bought what i could find in the the convenience stores around town so i was a daredevil fan i can remember him from the spider-man cartoons and stuff i used to watch on tv but access to daredevil comic books was few and far between uh, so I would pick up one here, one there, but it made it almost impossible to follow any kind of overall story arcs. So it wasn't until I was in high school before I could kind of actually keep up with anything. And by that point, I'd kind of started phasing out of comic books. So I have a, a sporadic history with Daredevil, but a lot of it, um, came from interactions with other people, you know, crossovers with Spider-Man or crossovers with, um, other heroes, well, we, uh, what, similarly what, to the Punisher, right? Actually, well, we might but, call yeah. them more popular. Oh yeah. yeah, you know the stuff you could find that wasn't X Men, right? Because that's that's pretty much. I was an X Men fan by default, just because that's what was in the store, <laughs> right? And that that's what <laughs> but, had most of the traction. I, I started in sixth grade, and it happened to be during Frank Miller's Born Again run. So I came in on the biggest hot streak that Daredevil has really ever seen. And then I, quite honestly, I grew up, didn't really grow out of him because he was so part of my youth. But it's amazing now to see 
the storytellers using Daredevil um, in that storyline, which is really, you know, quite honestly, probably the more epic of of his trials and tribulations. And so to see this um, in live action is really exciting for me. It brings me back to, you know, my 11 and 12 year old feelings. Yeah, and that that what that you have me actually at a disadvantage because my interactions with Daredevil were mostly during like the um crossover with the is it the internals or which ones the the ones that live on the the moon? Oh, you know, is, Black Bolt and all is those. That like in humans. There was a lot of in humans, okay. that was it. Internals was a X-Men thing, I think. Anyway, um so I had a lot of uh crossover through that, which I always thought was kind of weird when the Daredevil comic, but that was kind of the time frame I was in. Um, so I kind of missed out on this. And so uh, this is kind of all new to me from that storyline. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing how it plays out. Yeah. I, I Seeing what I've seen thus far. So I'm going to do a little bit of spoiling and recapping to where we are. And at the end of Defenders, um, Matt sacrifices himself to make sure that um, Elektra and the dragons and whatnot. And believe me, I- I'm oversimplifying stuff. Um, but Matt is in, is dead. Um, and at the very tail end at post credits of defenders, Matt wakes up and I had a feeling that we were going into the born again, um, story arc, which is, um, the Kingpin reveals Matt's identity. Matt goes into hiding. Uh, Karen page is a heroin addict, which that that obviously we're not going to see that because we know Karen Page in a completely different way in this universe. Um, but from basically the opening shot, which it reminded me of Casino when you see De Niro flying through the flames after his car was exploded. Um, Matt is because uh, we we don't know how Matt got to. The, we know he got to a church when he wakes up. When he wakes up at the end of Defenders, but here we are with uh, his priest and Sister Maggie. Who, if you don't know who she is, I don't necessarily want to tell you yet because it's not fully described and fully fleshed out in the comics. There's an illusion to who she actually is. Um, but what was your what was your feeling of just just the opening I, I personally the film the the cinematography and sound design of this first episode is amazing to me yeah i'll I'll definitely agree with that I, kind of back to what you were saying earlier about Daredevil being the the lead off of the the Marvel Netflix stuff i I feel like they're always a cut above the rest when it comes to the cinematography and just it, it kind of goes back, you know, you can go back to that hallway scene, the fight scene. Uh, I think this is another great example of it, just drawing you in and, and taking, you know, setting the bar for the next one up. You know, it's just really good. Um, overall, though, my only nitpick and probably my only nitpick with this entire episode is um, that's that intro scene where uh, you've got Matt washed up on the uh, water shore there. And a cab driver pulls up, or at least a cab pulls mm-hmm. up with a guy. I assumed he was the driver. And Matt's still suited up, no mask, but suited up. And somehow, without making news or you know, secret identity, everything intact, he makes it to the 
you know, priest and the nuns. And that was kind of the only part of this I kind of went, well. I, I totally you know. agree. And it was a style over substance opening. And I was willing to accept right. the style and not like, wait a minute, this seems really strange. But I, I knew where we had to go, so I was willing to overlook it. But you're right. It is kind of a glaring like, wow, this doesn't line up real well. But again, we have to unpack what's going to happen in this season. So it seems like, I, I, you know, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm torn by that as well. Yeah, they've got more important stuff to cover and more interesting stuff to cover. So, yeah, I, I don't want to go into the whole, ooh, the superhero secret identity, let's spend 10 minutes worrying about it thing. I, I totally agree. It just, that was the only part that was kind of like, well, they could have just skipped over it completely and not had me worry yeah. about it. What I, I think one of the things as we move forward is the Daredevil for me, and this is why I, I love him so much, is that he can get hurt. He it has the, he, other than other superheroes, and I, I'll go on record, I may be wrong about this, but it feels like he's the only superhero that I know of that's actually truly, in some ways, has a handicap. He, like, in order to have his powers, he has to give up something. And other, you know, superheroes in, in, in the MCU and DC, they always seem to just, you know, they, they are OP, overpowered straight off the bat. They don't have to sacrifice very much. I might be wrong about that. I mean, Batman, yeah, I mean, he sacrifices a, you know, a normal life um, to, be, to be him. Uh, and so does, so does Murdoch. But in order to get actual powers or some sort of you know, you know, superhero type powers, he had to sacrifice something, what, which is why I love him so much. And opening it up, he's got an injury in his in like an inner ear swelling or something that completely nerfs his powers i mean and the sound of that of one ear being deaf was conveyed so well i was i it just it was just palpable oh yeah if you could have seen me trying to adjust my my speakers and my i sound did the same thing i forgot what what happened you would have gotten a kick out of it because i'm over here just you know Try to slide speakers around. I can't hear what's going on, you know? But yeah, it was very well effective, you know? And, and we meet Maggie, who is, is helping, you know, him. And she seems to be off the, off the, off the cuff, a very, uh, stoic, um, quote, maybe mean nun. Like, I'm doing this just because I, I have a relationship with the church and I'm doing it. But that's 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 the extent of it. I really don't care about this person. Uh, he's once he's healed, he's out of here. Yeah, I, I loved that character. Um, and maybe like you say, we can circle back around to other uh, other media's interpretations of that character. But um, yeah, that, I'm a sucker for characters that you know are the hard, bitter edge, and then you kind of find out they're how they are in other places, and that's. And, and maybe the reason why. And I think, I think that's going to be an interesting one to see as we go through the season, because I'm, I enjoy that character. Well, and by the end of this episode, Maggie has a, a very, she seems to be much more caring um, about Matt and, what, and healing Matt. Um, in fact, it, you know, this is the one thing that I always have a little bit of an issue with, is that first episode out, 
Should we have let Matt be injured the entire episode and not get back into doing stuff? Well, you have 13 episodes, so you've got to you've got to get the ball rolling, and so you can't have everybody in bed for an entire episode. So that always that always throws me a little bit uh, of expediting healing. Yeah, and, and it's it's funny you say that because um, one of my ending thoughts was was the I had written let down you know I was let down from very little actual daredevil action you know a lot of focus on Matt and and some other stuff that we get to throughout the episode but not so much daredevil action but stepping back and actually thinking about it from a 13 arc 13 episode arc I think that's the way to go you know let's 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 actually do some development of the character let's let's not jump past the fact that he was in a building that collapsed you know um and Again, his his power is not yeah, indestructibility, right? I mean, we're not talking about you know Superman or even Spider Man who's got some kind of extra physical mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, durability. So uh, Matt's superpower to to always get back up doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't take the beating. So I think that was a good good yeah, and I good approach. And, and I think this is where a lot of the Netflix originals have fallen short is not allowing that character development, that level of fleshing out a character to where you actually care and you understand their position in this world. Yeah, I, th- I think that's something they did really good in the first seasons that they've struggled with going on, right? Because once they're suited up, you know, again, we didn't get the Daredevil costume until the, the end of season one. That's right. right. And so, you know, they did that, but then once he had the, the costume, they, they they feel compelled to to use it every episode. You know, you've you've already gotten the expectation, and so this was a good a good way to step back and say, no, we're going to actually start from the beginning again, and and not to spoil later discussion of the episode, but you kind of get a throwback to the original costume. So, um, it, it was a complete step back. Yeah, and you get to and you and you and you learn what's going to happen now, and I mean, well, and we do, and this harkens back to episode or season one of kingpin the sad omelet and i knew i knew kingpin was coming back obviously i I, i've been watching the trailers i've tried to stay i'm not spoiler averse like i don't care about that i don't put myself in a walled garden to to nerf myself but there are certain things that i've steered clear from so i don't know i obviously i know bullseye is going to be a part of this and I know Kingpin's a part of it, and that's about it. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much in the same vein because I I do try to put myself in the wall garden because I've been burned too many right. times, you know, watching a movie and knowing everything that happens and having seen every scene in a preview. Um, again, I knew the same things. Yeah, I'd, I'd seen, I'd heard. I think that Bullseye was going to be in it, and I knew the Kingpin was coming back. But um, other than that, I really don't have a whole lot of knowledge about anything else in the season. And um, again, that may come up later uh, in this actual episode because I have a comment on one of the characters. Well, so. shoot, right now, do it. Well, you know, the the I'll say that as we get introduced to Ray, who is uh, the FBI agent that comes up um, talking to Fisk when um, he goes in to talk to his annual. I guess I'm assuming it's annual, his regular plea deal meeting. Um, I, I actually thought, and maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I have no idea because I've only watched one episode that that might be Bullseye. Just because you see the scene of him opening the the case and pulling out the gun before you even knew he was an agent, um, so 
Interesting. That, that was kind of my original thought was, and again, I could be totally off. Probably am because now that it's revealed he's an FBI agent. But when I first saw him pull out the gun, uh, that was the first thing that popped in my head is, well, I knew I'm getting bullseye. Is this him? Okay. So, um, well, now I have looked at the cast list, so I can tell you that that is incorrect. We, Not surprised. okay. So we haven't we <laughs> it's, we haven't met Bullseye yet. Um, I would almost hearken Ray, sort of to Madani and Punisher in a very loose way. But I think if you took all the characters that we've got so far, if we could put you know if there's a, if there's a a formula that maybe that they are using, I think. That Ray will is going to work into a Madani type um, slot. Maybe not. It might be. I might be pushing a square into a into a circle, but it, it, it's close. Well, that that would give you your liaison with the the real world powers that be, right? The FBI, the the law enforcement <clears throat> agencies. So that that makes some sense. And I can I can definitely see where that now. Would go. I wasn't super familiar with this rule, if you will, um, that the FBI has about credit scores. And if you have a low credit score or, or you're financially uh, strapped, they don't promote you because you have the ability to be turned, potentially, or to do, you know, you know, non-good because you have... You've got you've got kind of a, a soft spot, um, and he did it all for the right reasons. It sounds like he was helping um, his sister-in-law who had cancer. Uh, yeah, I have sister or sister-in-law. I wasn't quite sure which one. I, w- was. I wasn't sure either, but obviously, he's been like they they don't have any money. Everything's was on plastic, and so. He's basically going in for his review, hoping to have more money, and instead, that's not going to happen, and he works in the public sector, so I can only imagine that that pay bump would be minuscule at best. Um, But, interesting character choice as he's going to see the kingpin, and what seems to be a very routine um, talking to that usually... Uh, Wilson Fisk is just going to say, get out of here. I'm not helping you. Something happens to Wilson that maybe he starts singing a different tune. Could this be the good Wilson Fisk or a Wilson Fisk that's working um, to, for his own ends, obviously, because he is you know, a strategist, uh, that Vanessa is going to get kind of recoded in to his dealings and that she's in trouble so he has a motivation that we weren't expecting yeah i think that if we circle back to the sad omelet you know piece i think that's the the key to his character motivation for at least this episode and we'll see how far it takes him but you know her not being able to come back into the country for fear of being charged um also is is going to be i think going to lead him to play along at least until he gets what he wants for her safety. So, well, and, and, and that's, I, you know, I, I hate and love Netflix for the dumping of episodes. The problem is for me is, and I'm not doing it this time, hopefully. Um, 
but you watch them all and it's over and you forget about it. You know, it, it's amazing to me. Most of these Netflix shows, you just kind of, oh yeah, I watched it over two days. Now I'm done with it. And so we, we, for, we forget about it and forget how good they are. Yeah, we the, the and that's one thing I'm trying to do with this one. And I, I, I'm guilty as anybody, you know, I sit down at lunch or whenever I have a break and I blow through however many episodes I have time to watch. Um, it takes something like this to slow me down and make me actually focus on one at a time. Um, so, yeah, definitely the same boat here. You, you got to you, you blow through everything and then you kind of move on to the next one. Um, it's just not nice. I and I wonder if eventually mm, could daredevil could charlie cox as the daredevil actually make it into the cinematic universe i mean i think that's wishful thinking at best yeah especially with uh, and again we may cover this later but the the disney uh decisions on what they're doing with their cinematic universe and with their other services i coming from the netflix world i really worry about the, the longevity and the you know I mean, we haven't seen a whole lot of interaction lately between uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, and the TV shows and the cinematic universe, much less the redhead stepchild that is Netflix. So, Yeah, uh, I agree. And let's go ahead and break this news. I, I, think, I think it's fairly, some of it's a known quantity. Some, this may be a, a shocker. Um, Iron Fist canceled after season two. And... So now is Luke Cage been canceled. Uh, there are theories that those two will somehow get revitalized in a Disney streaming service. Uh, thinking, I think you brought up earlier, which was Heroes for Hire. Right, because that was, that was my introduction to um, Power Man and Iron Fist was that the Heroes for Hire um, and, and their their dealings, you know, as a for-profit agency, but um, also I think was it Sisters of the Dragon? Is that what they call the Colleen and um, uh, with uh, Misty Knight series? But um, yeah, th- those are definitely possibilities on where Disney could do with the characters, assuming that they revert back to them from Netflix with this decision, um, or they could just be saving them up for Defenders Two and those type of things, and Disney doesn't get them back. I'm not really, I don't have a good idea on how the legalities of that kind of thing work, but those are definitely options that they could be how that, of how they could be used. Yeah, I, I really, for me, you know, I watched Iron Fist, uh, the first one. Uh, I think I went like four episodes deep and was done. Uh, Luke Cage, I actually, the first season, I didn't get all the way through because it started to get, the villain just wasn't interesting, and so I just, I just, I think that was a missed opportunity. I didn't watch either season two of of the others, um, and I think that maybe, you know, the, the Netflix numbers, no one will know those numbers, but I can only assume that they're not, they weren't great to begin with. I think Defenders probably was better than both of those combined, um, just because it brought everybody in. But I haven't heard anything about Defenders two yet. Yeah, which makes me sad because I thought those characters um, played well together, especially. Um, and this one may happen since those two are still active. Is Daredevil and um, 
Oh, I just blanked on her Jessica name. Jones. Um, Jessica Jones. Yeah, the, the 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 best part of Defenders to me was the interaction between those two characters. I would actually enjoy seeing them in a, a more permanent, you know, starring together series. Well, because that was and good. I think I had heard from you guys or Tony Sindelar um, that Jessica Jones season two had a character from this arc, which is named Nuke. But I, when I was going through the cast list, I didn't see that. So I'm assuming that Nuke is, is not going to be a part of this season three. Yeah, uh, Nuke was, the, the, the character for Nuke, I, I don't think he was ever actually referred to as Nuke, was one of the characters in um, Jessica Jones and one of the better arcs of that show. Because I think something that, and this kind of goes back to what you were talking about, about um, uh, Luke Cage, is I think that Netflix struggles with um, any of the series where they don't they don't seem to have confidence in their villains. Yeah, and so yeah. they'll they'll go for a certain amount of time, and then they'll try to do a big switch up. And no, the real power behind the scenes was this guy, and I don't think they've successfully pulled that off at any point. You know, I think that was that was the big failing of Luke Cage, um, where you got partway through the season, and then oh no, the real big bad shows up now, and it's a totally different person. And he was dumb, um, and he just was like like was charismaless. Dumb. And there was a little bit of similarity to that in the the second season too, where they you know split focus and moved around a little bit. I've already bought most of that from my memory, but I'm pretty sure it's um, the same way. Uh, I don't think I don't think um, Iron Fist suffered from that as much as just a lot of the controversy that it had up front. Yeah, and again, some some struggles with uh, how to introduce a character to people. Uh, you know. One thing that, that the Netflix shows have all done is they've taken relatively obscure sh- characters um, and tried to make the series based off of them. You know, they didn't grab the big stars, similar to how they used Iron Man in the original movies, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, it, that it first Iron Man should not on on by all accounts should not have succeeded. He's not he, he's not a popular character. Right. And, you know, except for some people like us, you know, overall, if you go back to the, the X-Men charts, right, from the, our, our childhood, um, Daredevil wasn't a successful character, you know, in the same vein. No, He's no. not Spider-Man. He's not Superman. He's not these huge characters that every that popular culture knew about. And so when you have a character like Iron Fist, where you're struggling to give an introduction and make people care about them, it's just tough. And I think that's where they... they they couldn't maintain focus. Um, I will, I'll go ahead and state my personal belief that I thought Iron Fist was mediocre. It wasn't the best of the Netflix shows, but it definitely wasn't the worst. I'd rate it above some of the others. I, I that, um, And I was surprised. I remember you talking about that, and I was like, well, you know, and because I was firmly saying, no, I'm not watching season two. I, it, it, there's no way. I heard from you. Wasn't all that bad. But I, when, I, when I hear it's not all that bad, I I I tend to not watch because I feel like that's not good enough. Yeah, if if that's I will say if that's not your cup of tea, you know, if you didn't have enough stamina to make it through the first one, you know, if it didn't maintain your interest to make it through the first one, that I don't know that it's worth, you know, trying to force yourself into the second one. Um like I say, I like the character well enough between Defenders and and the first season to start the second season, and I think they did a really good job with it. Um it, it ended, and this is not the Iron Fist podcast, but it ended in a really interesting place that I'm sad I won't get to see. So maybe we'll see some of that in Defenders 2 if it gets greenlit. But um, yeah, I, I thought there were some pretty good foils for Daredevil 
um, in those characters to kind of bring it back. And I, 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 I'm, I'm excited for what Disney could do with it, but I'm sad that we won't get to see it in the same world as Matt and the rest of the guys that we've kind of established. You know, and speaking of the world, <clears throat> you know, we basically got to know each other over Punisher. And Punisher seemed, as far as we understood it, to be after the events of Defenders. Because Karen did not know where Matt was. Am I correct in that? I can't. I honestly, I'm, I'm having a little bit of trouble recalling. Yeah, and I, I really need to get me a flowchart and keep it on the wall for these kind of things. Um, I, I, that was my remembrance from that as well. I think that's how what we settled yeah. on. Um, I, especially with the Karen's appearance in here, where she's still, and I'll, you know, we can move on to that a little bit, where she's keeping Matt's apartment and keeping the bills up and everything, or at least trying to. Um, in the hopes that he's still alive. Um, so I think if you had to guess somewhere in there, I think Punisher fits in right about the same time frame uh, where she didn't know where he is. And um, that's where the state of the world was, because I think it came out right around the Defenders or right after the Defenders. Okay, because, you know, I'm just thinking that maybe this is after Punisher. And so we're, it's it's somehow shoehorned, you know, Matt gets hurt, Punisher happens, now we're back. Yeah, without any other definition, I would definitely agree yeah. with that. I think I think we're going to see. Uh, obviously, they can't keep him and Karen separated for too many episodes, so I figure that that we've got to have Punisher before that. I thought it was a little strange the whole um, kind of flashback sequence when Karen is talking to Matt. In you know, she's kind of reminiscing being in back in his place and discussing you know Matt's powers, what what exactly he can do. Um, that he is Daredevil, and that she's kind of keeping the torch lit uh, for him. I guess we're doing that to, on a storytelling level, just to put in place, Karen cares about Matt. Yeah, I, th- I think that's that was a better than your standard info dump way of showing that, you know, well, what happened to them between then and now, yeah. right? I mean, we know he's bedridden. What was their last state of their relationship? So that kind of, I think this scene with with her in, in the apartment by herself, and then when Foggy shows up, I think I think that sets the stage and kind of jogs our memory pretty well as to how did we get here and where are we? Yeah, I, and and again, I am okay with this this episode in general. I mean, there are a couple things that I should have probably preloaded before we even started. I watched this on my commute to work. Um, it was also my dad's 91st birthday had he lived to see it. He died this year. And so there were a lot of emotions like, cause you know, Matt has this dealing with his father, you know, and so it was, I was super happy about this, but I was weeping on the inside and on the outside a little bit watching this. And I say that because I I I like the fact that it it gives us stakes right off the bat. We the world has been created and we know where we don't know exactly where it's going. We know that Daredevil's coming back. Come on. I mean, it it's that kind of show. And that these people care about him. He's not so sure how much that he cares about the world. I think um especially with the the conversation about Job, 
um, and Sister Maggie, which I found to be very interesting. Almost Matt's animosity to God, which I wasn't quite ready to hear yet. Um, but it, there's always those crises of faith, and you know, it was it, that I think that was just extremely interesting. And then, then for Maggie to br- bring in another boxer to help him uh, heal, if you will, even though. He still wasn't, I mean, we'll call him 50%, maybe 60% um, fully healed. He still had the inner ear issue. But thanks to the Nutty Pot, which was an amazing sound design moment, he used the Nutty Pot, a huge amount of blood and just nastiness come out. And then these, where he's putting his hand on things and he can feel the world around him thought was exquisite oh yeah the 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 payoff was awesome the uh i'm never touching one of those things so i'll tell you that i I was always kind of leery of them to begin with but but if that's the result of of putting that stuff in your your sinuses and getting uh no i'm done it (laughs) honestly i've only used it twice and it does work but it is counterintuitive to anything you should want to do as in putting a picture of saline water up your nose gross yeah yeah but he, he got enough he, he got a payoff though i'll tell you I, that, that much blood coming out of something you know clot for lack of a better word was just impressive yeah and i'll say what we come to the end of this and matt dons the black suit again to kind of begin kind of maybe his own healing process of i can get back and i can do this again and I can be just Daredevil. I don't have to be Matt Murdock, which was kind of a new thing for him. Like there was the over the you know the past two seasons, it's always been there's Matt and there's Daredevil, and those two things have to li- coexist. And it almost seems like he's willing to give up being Matt Murdock. And see, and again, you've probably seen a little bit more than I have, but just to give my take on that, I. I actually have a different thought from that, and that's that based on the line that he gave in that Job conversation, I'd rather die as the devil to live as Matt, than to live as Matt Murdock. So I don't think he's out there trying to make a life as Daredevil. I think he's out there to die as Daredevil. I think this oh. was him attempting to, I think this was a suicide by proxy attempt. If you want, you know, he's, he's out there to try to, to, um, find a, 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 a escapes not the real word but to find a way to end it right yeah. he, he doesn't he doesn't want to go back to being matt murdoch he's done he's he's lost electra again he's done all the stuff that we've seen through the previous uh two seasons plus defenders and he's out there to die as the devil i think i think you're on to something i think that's i think that's exactly right i'll i'll i'll, I'll concede any of my notions on that i think that yeah and, death by hero and and that actually Based on you know the conversation, but again, uh, the Job conversation, I think was the crux of this episode. Yes, because you've got they've done a really good job of building up Daredevil as um, with his Catholic religion, right? I mean, that's that's one of the central points of Daredevil is his Catholic beliefs. And and again, uh, stipulation here: I am not a religion expert, especially into Catholicism. But suicide is not um, well accepted by that. Religion. No, I mean that's um, you're basically running yourself off to either quote purgatory or hell, right? 
And so I, I don't know how death by proxy uh, fits into their suicide chart. You know, again, I'm not trying to make light of it. I'm just sure. saying I don't, I don't quite know how that belief system works. But um, with that being said, it kind of does show how he's kind of turned his back on his past, past um, religious beliefs and is, you know, he's, he's figured out where he stands with God, as he said in that conversation, and is willing to commit suicide by proxy. Um, so that was, that was kind of the most interesting takeaway I had from the whole episode was just seeing, uh, how far they're showing that character is from where he, one of the central beliefs to his, his character development. Yeah. And once he puts on the black suit, he <clears throat> seems to find, uh, some, some sort of situation, uh, either a, a kidnapping in progress or something with a laundry van and just just to get this out of the way, because I need to say it, is Daredevil's fight choreography is literally um, should be a uh, a keystone in all MCU stuff. Um, yeah. It is literally exquisite, and see, this is where you know where like I will I will poo poo. Um, other properties such as, uh, well, I can off, offhand, I'll say, uh, arrow, you know, a lot of times that's considered like, oh, wow, it's got great action and fight sequences. When I look at this and it's, it's, it's not even the same sport. Like when I see hallways in daredevil or Matt's getting ready to fight, I know it's going to be good. Now that wasn't the case completely with season two. There were some season two. I'm, I'll go on record. That was probably like a C plus. But going into this, just off this alone, I know it's going to be good. I, I I can't not think anything else. Yeah, if you, not to beat season two to death, they had some ge- geography issues, which you always run into when you're dealing with an unending horde of ninjas. Right, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, Daredevil's always. Uh, again succeeded when it when it's a smaller court right you know when you you confine him to um what can be kept track of in a fight scene and they do a really good job of of showing that and and uh showing his abilities and and in, in this case where he's not right i mean he he was obviously not at the same level that you see him at in season one and no. two he's he, he's nowhere close so well, and that there, but there are also. I think what I like about the the fights, if if I will, um, is the the consequences to getting punched, like and getting hurt. Like there, it just he everybody has everybody is human. No one is is outside of of that world. So a punch is a punch, and it you know you're everybody gets hurt and. When he starts to, he gets a clock in the ear again, and all of a sudden his powers are gone again. And you think, oh, geez. And the way it ends, I should say the way in which that particular scene ends, you think Matt's given up. And here come the cops around the corner, and he's gone. Yeah, and like I say, that's, that falls back in line with the, there are consequences to um, him being caught versus him dying. If you know he can, if he gets caught, he's Matt Murdock. If he dies, he's the devil. So um, there's a lot of protection he still has to keep 
by not being caught as Matt Mur- as you know for the life of Matt Murdock, even though he doesn't want yeah. it. But yeah, he definitely he definitely shows at least some initiative to leave that he didn't have before when he was asking them to kill yeah. him. So. And I thought what was interesting is off of that, that is not where the episode ends, where I thought it might have. Instead, we go back to Ray and looking to go ahead and talk to Wilson Fisk in a vain opportunity to get information uh, that he may help out the FBI. And lo and behold, Wilson says, I want to make a deal. And Vincent D'Onofrio, boy, he was, I mean, I, I, I swear he was destined to play the kingpin. I cannot see anyone else playing him. No, and actually, I've, I've seen him in some other stuff, and I keep thinking, what's the kingpin doing? So, you know, he has definitely lived that role now to, for me. It's, it's, that's, it's, it's amazing. Though with the shaved head, I always think of him as Gomer Pyle. From Full Metal Jacket. But he transcends that with, uh, he gives the greatest face of an expression, expressionless, expressionless expression with these dead, dead face uh, and dead eyes. But he can do so much with it, especially when he's looking at plain white walls. Yeah, well, that's, that's always been a superpower of that character. But I, only thing I'll say on that's the I was kind of excited to see him do some interaction and seeing him pulling the strings while in jail um, and just showing how powerful and connected he was. I know that they have reasons for getting him out quickly and, and having him some mobility. Uh, but that, that was always one of my favorite things from the comics was how he was able to to being in prison never affected his power. No. And. That was that was something I was looking forward to seeing. So a slight bit of disappointment that he is going to probably get out quicker than I would have liked to have seen him. But anytime he's on the screen, I enjoy it. So, yeah, I, I think so, too. Uh, yeah, it is interesting how the kingpin basically uses prison as just a secondary office. Yeah. And, you know, little things, especially when he's eating the sad omelet and he screams out quiet to a, a loud prison and they all get quiet. I mean, you you know, it's it's those little touches and little nuances that you know show you who's in charge and who exactly he is. Yep. And so we end the episode with him saying, "I'm, I'm going to make a deal." Okay, so I hate to get predictive. It's a little too, maybe even a little too early to get predictive, but. I feel like it's a lot of people have said this. I've I've kind of read slug notes online saying this feels like old Daredevil. All right, uh, and I'll say it, non ninja dare, Daredevil, and I can't not disagree. Yeah, like I said, I definitely have more of a season season one feel to this than season two. This is this is except for maybe some of the the story arc that they needed from season two. Uh, you know, this is much more in the vein of the uh, Matt that we saw in season one and uh, the little bit of defenders that he had to shine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, th- I think he it's it's right there in that character development and that that feeling of, like you say, the fight scenes are, are, are again, from one episode, but 
appear to be kind of shining again. Um, you've got a good feel for the character. Uh, we're spending time in character development. Yeah, I think I think we're definitely back to the classics. It seems as though, and I can't say this for everything, but it seems as though uh, the Netflix originals learn from their mistakes. It, I, I can't say that whole cloth, but they listen. And they're willing to go, step backward to make things correct if they if if it needs to happen. Yeah, they they seem to to pay attention to the feedback they get, and I don't know if that's a benefit of the way they they shoot. You know, because they've already they've got a whole season wrapped up by the time that anybody sees the first, and so you kind of have a feel for they can they have all that time in between to change gears. I don't, I don't know the process, but they definitely seem to be able to pivot a lot better between seasons than you see, uh, some of the TV shows, um, non Netflix. Yeah. Very, very agile, which, yeah, I, I, you know, if you look at like, let's say agents of shield or whatnot, that, that, that's definitely different. I mean, that's, that's network TV. So they're not willing to kind of move. In fact, I remember I I really liked Agent, Agents of Shield. Um, there were a couple bad bad ones in there that I thought, oh, they're going to get clicked. Um, but I, I liked, especially during Winter Soldier, I think it was, or ah, one of those. They 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 seemed to really have a good uh, connection to what was going on in the MCU. And so far, I mean, I don't, you couldn't put more into this episode to connect those tissues at all. But I'll be very curious um, if there is any more connective tissue to, you know, the Avengers and things like that coming through the season. I'm kind of doubt it. It'll be, you know, every time we've seen it, it's always in the newspaper and it's not really a big part of this world. Um, But who knows? Yeah, I I would be surprised, but you can't say that would never happen. Right. Yeah. Well, with that. I think we have gone over this episode probably uh, about eight different ways. And I think I'm going to go on record and saying I am excited about this season. Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm ready. I've, I've held off on watching episode two uh, until we wrap this and I'm, I'm ready to roll. OK, so, so so do we need to go and watch episode two now? Yeah, let's let's start. OK, it. ladies and gents, thank you for joining us. My special guest, Jason Johnson. My name's Mose. Uh, hit me up on Twitter or the Incomparable Facebook page, uh, and we can talk more about Daredevil. And maybe then we'll see you next week for episode two. 